Famcast Media. Spooky version of Lucky Thirteen podcast today. We got Jamal over there. Yo, we got D. Yo, yo, me, Jeff, and we got a very special guest Star today. Hello, how you doing, Star? I'm all right. How are y'all? Good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm chilling. Time to ask that question. Hell of an intro. Hell of an intro. Yeah. How do I follow that? I like that. So, Star, if you don't know Star, Star is one of our dancers here. She rocks it. I do. And she also does um, the burlesque show every once a month. Um, last Sunday. Last Sunday of every month. And also the yeah. reason for the glitter on my face all the time. <laughs> and in my life for that matter. Yes. All the glitter on my life. You can't get rid of the glitter. It's everywhere. Yeah. It leaves a trail everywhere you go. Yeah, it's uh, constant. But it's, it's, yeah, so, well, it's with love. What's the deal with the glitter, though? Um, Listen... I don't understand what everyone gets so upset about glitter because of all the things that are going to continue to transcend time. Like it's not herpes; it's just an extra bit of shine. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like everyone gets so upset, and it's like it's just a little bit of sparkle, man. It's like a shiny version of herpes. Exactly, exactly. And because you know, my name is Star, so you can't be shiny and not be a star. You know, it'd be like the Beatles having the white album and it being purple. That just doesn't make sense. I, I so, get it. That makes sense. You I know, it. so yeah. it's very much my trademark, if you will. Not that I. Who can trademark glitter, but at least on my face, that's yeah. for sure. doesn't bother me. It just never goes away. I see glitter all exactly. the time. There's glitter all over here. It's a little shine. Yeah. Star was here. Like, yeah. yeah you'll I, always I got know. used to it, bro. <laughs> yeah, you get used to it. And when, uh, what was it called? Um, um, Jamal helped one of the girls move one time, and he comes and he's got glitter all over his face, all over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you doing, Jamal? <laughs> Working nights. Yeah. Um, so, Star, you're originally from Texas, yes? I am. I'm from El Paso, Texas. The Lone Star the State? Te- yeah. Oh. Look, see? It's all coming together now. Uh, hence the tagline for my, in the burlesque world, as mouth of the border, if you will. So oh, El Paso okay. is a border town. The epitome of a border town. You can be in two states and two countries all at once, depending on where you're standing. As you a border is Mexico. Eddie Guerrero? Mexico. Sorry? You down with Eddie Guerrero? Who isn't? Who's Eddie Guerrero? <laughs> you should not say <laughs> that. No Phone's right in front of you and oh Google is free, God. boss. One of the greatest fucking wrestlers of all time, bro. <laughs> uh, sorry, man. Fucking Viva La Raza, bro. Yeah. Exactly. On, Viva La Raza, indeed. Uh, I don't know about you, Jeff. Yeah. How about you now? How long have you been in New York? It is going on nine years. I've been here eight years, going on nine I moved here originally for uh, grad school. I moved to, uh, I came here to go to NYU, and I was on the Dean's Opportunity Scholarship, which is essentially code for, I was the only Hispanic in my program, which is, hey, (laughs) ride that train. (laughs) In that specific program, um, I digress. So I came here um, with my golden ticket to New York City, got my master's in music as an opera singer. That's what my, my main trade is, if you will. And in that time, I uh, 
had a work study position that helped pay for school on top of the scholarship, working in production, and got into audio. Uh, hence why I was so fixated on adjusting my mic because I'm an audio engineer when I'm not <laughs> shaking my ass on the bar. Uh, I digress. So I got into that, went to audio school um, afterwards, uh, last graduating class of Institute of Audio Research, because oh, it got by a business. Nice. Anyway, I went to burlesque school and then ended up here on your bar. And then a year after that, created Metal Grade Babes Burlesque, the monthly show that is here. And here we are. There's a burlesque school. There is the, yeah. NYU, the New York City School of Burlesque. Yeah. Yes. What kind of a I don't know diploma do you get? So uh, essentially, how you get into the scene or a start into the scene in the New York scene specifically is you go through a student showcase, and which is essentially a performance you creating an act, your persona, your burlesque number, and it gets showcased at a. Venue in the city. Usually, uh, it was Drom. When I did it, was it was Drom. But variety. It could be Coney Island. Anyway, it gets you out into the world to then start networking, if you will, and continuing on. Some people do it for fun. Uh, a lot of it's a big hit for you know, of course, bachelorette parties and things like that. So there's a reason to enter burlesque for any reason, whether it's professional for fun. And it's been, I mean, over the past, like you know. 10, 15 years too, you've seen a boost in like burlesque shows. Like it started out kind of small and small bars. Now you have burlesque bars and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, uh, well, it's kind of blown up. Yeah. I mean, it had like this huge um, resurgence in like the late 90s and early 1000s uh, with like Little Brooklyn and Darlinda, just uh, Darlinda and all those, you know, legends, if you will, main attraction. And then, uh, it went through. It's gone through so many phases, and then by the time that I got into it, uh, it's just continued to grow. And I mean, everyone just knows it as like Dita Von Teese. Um, if not that, for sure, everyone should know Josephine Baker. Like that's the very least anyone can do if you're going to look up anything with burlesque. It has to be Josephine Baker. Um, but yeah, and it's just it's someone had I believe Jeez Louise, who's a New Orleans performer, she said it perfectly in that burlesque is theater's dirty little secret and it's always existed uh it's pretty much just dates back to just you know vaudeville and the you know old theater yeah. and it's just parody of life with you know nakedity yeah, yeah. that's it it's so, entertaining man and it's like you know you get a nice crowd out for it every time there's a burlesque show here it's always a great night it's fun man you get to hear me say titties on the microphone over like 20 times there used to be a drinking game one time melody i think clocked in 75 times i said titties in one night <laughs> but then, yeah, we kind of stopped suggesting to make it a drinking game because that would be yeah, a little be too rough. blackout. Yeah, that'd be rough. That'd be a, a rough. question. Um, so compared to like when you first got into the scene and, you know, kind of like nowadays, how many opportunities are available now compared to like when you first kind of got your feet wet and like looking for a place to either like do some type of dance and work and stuff like that? So I would say that it has grown more and that's out of the fact that between, because uh, I've been in burlesque for about five years. The show, by the way, is going to turn four next year. Wow. Right? Wow. It's a full-ass toddler. Yeah, Anyways, geez. so, and part of that was, you know, creating an opportunity for myself and other of my colleagues who, you know, we wanted to showcase ourselves and our friends more. And that's pretty much from that narrative and getting in our own feet wet as producers for a lot of people that have then taken over spaces. So, essentially... It's grown because of people wanting to create more opportunities for a lot of 
the LGBTQIA community and, you know, mostly POC, because that's always a thing of, you know, seeing more POC on POC is what person of color. Gotcha. So what does it mean to produce a burlesque show? Like what, what, what are all the, you know, the cogs that go into something like that? I mean, at the most basic uh, formula, if you will, is, I mean, you need to have a budget because you, nobody should be doing this shit for free. So the producer pays for everything. If not everything, if it's not coming from their own budget, it, it's, uh, sometimes it's, uh, arranged with the bar, if you will. Uh, so a bar or a venue can have a budget and, you know, that's how you were then wrangled into then expand upon that within, you know, the context of the budget. So it depends either way, but bottom line, whether it's you or the bar or wherever, there has to be a budget to pay people. There has to be a cast of, I mean, honestly, most shows, you know, because of budget and because of New York city here, it's really like three to five people is realistic. And because, I mean, you can do a lot with, you know, less is more. Uh, my shows are massive, but that's out of by choice and by okay. thematic reasons. But anyway, so you need a budget, you need a cast, and really a p- space to do it. Those are kind of the really main things that you need to have, those three things. And because kind of if the proper, you know, like anything else, if you build it, they will come. So someone, you will f- create an audience the more that you do it and the more that you showcase it and all that kinds of jazz, if you will. Okay. Cool. Does that answer your question? Yes. Okay. What other places do you uh, perform at? So I have uh, two shows. So here, Metal Grade Babes Burlesque, uh, every last Sunday. And then I just now uh, inherited a new show at uh, Freddy's Bar in the back room. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, that's every Thursday, first Thursday of the month. So Queen's Court. Queen's Court, yes. Which is basically a big unbirthday party, if you will, in a tiny ass space. Uh, so it's a play on many words of the idea of Queen's Court, because uh, my burlesque name is Queen Senera, for those that did not know. Uh, so a play, of course, on a quinceanera. And although no one wants to revisit being 15 for any reasons, it's uh, because that's what a quince is, coming of age at 15. It's a coming of celebrating of life show. So that show is very small, and it's all about just celebrating Everyone in that moment of time between the audience, the performers, I always make uh, cake from a box. And yeah. Duncan Hines? Uh, no, but uh, the, well. Ah, devil's food. Devil's the, food. The strawberry funfetti. <laughs> Again, cake from a box. It's made with love, but. You have I'm to no... have a cake for the box. Exactly. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, and then I perform all over. Uh, throughout everywhere else. Uh, I'm a part of Last Chance Dancers, um, which that is a group of myself and four other burlesque uh, individuals that is head speared by Maggie McMuffin and Benetrix. And that we specialize in doing a full vinyl album from front to back, essentially no hosting, no mercy. And we perform essentially an homage to set album. We just did Rob Zombie's Hellbilly Deluxe. And actually, um, we're normally at City Reliquary, which is outside, but it's getting colder. And for that, we're coming inside here to Lucky 13 Saloon. So When's that going to happen? In December through February, we'll be here the every third Friday. So every third Friday, Last Chance, Last Chance Dancers will be here. And those albums here will be doing Kiss, Dynasty, uh, 
Pretty Hate Machine by Nine Inch Nails and Screaming for Vengeance by Judas Priest. Cool. Yeah. So that's, and Esme, who is also a co-babe of mine, dancer, is, so is like, part of Last Chance Dancers. So you guys are like a band or? Kind of, but better a with no instruments. Just kidding. Misfits without yes. misfits. Yes. The way that like Venetrix described it is like, because we developed this, uh, we're, this show's turning two years old. It came out during the pandemic, uh, specifically during Footloose times when Cuomo was like, no fun, no th- nothing. Like, yeah. And Sit part down. of that's why, it, and that's part of why we were at Reliquary because it's a tiny museum, um, which by the way, it's, you should go be a member for those who don't know. What is Reliquary? Um, I don't even know what that is. City Reliquary is this tiny, very charming museum in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, uh, that is all things dedicated to New York City. From signs to pizza, uh, you know, raised pizzas, whatever. They have a Wonder Woman exhibit right now. So it's a very cute, uh, kind of like think of this back room, but mm. with all New York City shit. That's cool. Also, it is they very got cool. like naked girls in the back. In, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> it's, a back, it's a backyard that you can do a lot more with just than, you know, naked girls. But yes, we're, we get naked back there. Um, so anyway, but it gets too cold. And we did that experiment uh, all the way because we did those shows outside November through March. Um, and But hey, people do tip you if your nipples are really that hard and cold. <laughs> so we learned that lesson. Uh, but not worth the hypothermia. And thankfully, uh, between Boss 1 and Boss 2 and available, we are, uh, of course, but, you know, within Cabaret Laws will be covered. But anyway, it's a different show here. <laughs> I digress. We got heat. Yes, we got yeah, heat. Yeah, it's good. We got heat. And then yes. you also do uh, audio work. Where you're doing that? Kind yeah. Of stuff. So I'm a live engineer. I do the faders and knobs thing. Uh, and I specifically went to uh, IAR for that. Uh, nothing against recording. I just don't have the patience for it. Uh, a lot of people don't, I think, really give live the credit that it needs. Uh, other than when you know, go to an epic concert, you know. It should be great because of whoever their touring front of house engineer is. Um, I digress. But I got into it because I got tired of going to all my friend shows and seeing either the board on and the engineer outside smoking or just not there or getting drunk or on the phone or just not present. Anyway, it's a very present job and I'm very happy to do it. And I do it at uh, Windjammer, which is in Ridgewood, Queens. Uh, technically, I guess off that cusp of Bushwick and Ridgewood, and yeah. I do it um, at Brooklyn Music School uh, and freelance other places. Um, Did you do a thing uh, this weekend somewhere, somebody's show, something like that? Oh, uh, I stepped into uh, run the, the board for Betty Brash's burlesque show at the Gutter, very cute space, uh, and uh, yeah, so I can step in to do that too. Nice. Pasties on or off. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you have to have a good life sound engineer because fucking like bad ones can ruin your club it's or your night. It's horrible, yeah. man. And it's just not fun for the band or for the audience. Like the whole point of live is like, it's my job in this given moment of time, like to make your shit sound as good as I can in this room. Yeah. That's it. Like, then you know, I can't, you know, recreate your album, if you will, but I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure that everyone is having a grand old time. Yeah, listen, it's up to the bands to perform well, too, because you can't polish oh, a turd. Oh, yeah. You can't oh, polish yeah. a turd, you know what I mean? And like, I, if a band sucks, they suck. And I tell bands, like, when they finish, like, oh, you know, thank you so much. I'm like, no, well, thank you, because it makes my job easy when y'all know what you're doing, when you listen to each other. Yeah. When you, you know, kindly listen to me and, you know, realize I'm not being curmudgy when I say, please... 
don't turn up to all guitarists and bassists. I say it with love. I do. <laughs> Glad we got some good sound people over here. The louder the better, man. Hell no. Listen, I like I like Hell no. I like it loud too, but it's gotta be tasteful loud. Exactly. Exactly. No one needs to have tinnitus. Yeah. Like no I had a guy that. with a tiny little 15 watt. Uh, I don't even think you were here that day. A uh, guy had a little 15 watt uh, line six. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's cranking it up as much as he could, but it could, he also sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just, yeah. Turning up is not always like the answer. Putting a megaphone in front of a fucking boombox. Yeah. No. Yeah, and we, listen, we got good sound guys here, but you know, every once in a while, like you know, I, I'll walk in and it'll sound a little weird. I'll just look at my sound guy and he'll just like. Put his hands up. He's like, you know, all right. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always so much you could do, and then sometimes shit will happen. Yeah. Like, I swear there are sound ghosts that are like, yeah, no, that's just not going to work. Yeah. No matter how many cables you try, it's just not going to work. Yeah, there's always issues too, man. Like, you got to think on the fly because, yep. like, cables go bad. And oh, yeah. Fucking, somebody's head blows out or, like, whatever, a drum fucking. In a some- musical sense, not in an actual, <laughs> for those who didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, something's always going to fucking go wrong. So, you need a, like, ton of backup shit, too, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, no, so you Stressful. just really got to be on it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, like, again, all the love to recording engineers, just like, I really cannot, I don't have the brain for that. So yeah, that takes that there. takes a different kind of guy. Too. It does. It does yeah. a whole nother level of patience. Yeah, um, and a little bit of mania too. Oh yeah, definitely. Got like fucking Devin Townsend. He's a little crazy, yeah, but yeah, his yeah. shit sounds amazing. Yeah. That's why it sounds amazing. Yeah, no, I know. I've recorded with some guys who are like fucking mental. You know what you, I mean? You kind of have to be, yeah. especially if you're a mastering engineer, because that's so 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 like it's very between like a special subjective relationship between the engineer and the artist. And it's like, you could go on for days as to like, no, but this, no, but this. And eventually you're just going to have to be like, yeah. Yeah. And and you know, like let's just recording something. Oh, and you're listening to it over and over and over. (laughs) And like, you're like, fuck, I just want to, I'm over it. I'm over it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, it's two different, uh, totally two different animals. It is. So I like life. And it also separates. I make the jokes. I normally am there at Windjammer uh, sat- uh, usually Saturday nights. Right now it's Thursdays because uh, my colleague is taking a glass blowing class. Uh, when it was first introduced to me, like, can you please take Thursdays? I thought, like, yeah, Victor, I'm sure you're going on tour. I got you. Because the dude wants to make Same. a base. Yeah. And that's I'm cool. Gonna blow some Live glass. Your life. I'm going to blow yeah. some glass. <laughs> I get it. But it, it works. Anyway, but it breaks up the time from, uh, you know, Men pawing at me on the bar from then men pawing at me to, you know, for a cable and a DI box. So two different parts of my brain. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> I but I still not, do it with a smile. I hope they're not creepy when they're asking for a cable. Like, mm-hmm. uh, no, you'd be surprised. I yeah. mean, that's, if not creepy, just clueless. Yeah. That's, that's always the one thing where they're like, all right, focus, 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 focus. Yeah. Um, especially also because I'm not a very tall person. Um, so I lose my line of sight, so it just looks comical when, you know, you see this, like, running bob of a human being, like, running to get a cable, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm very much like I'm an audio gremlin. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what? So that's, like, full, like, so between the burlesque and the sound and all that, your schedule's full? For the most part, yeah. yeah. Um, I essentially, like, took a hiatus from singing. The last thing I did... Uh, in terms of like the opera world was I did uh, I was a soloist for the Manhattan Wind Ensemble literally right before like the world shut down and it's just one of those to 
get back into out of all the art forms i mean opera is like the last to get its shit together if you will in terms of like losing and shedding that layer of elitism and classism and i mean if you tap into what's going on with them i mean they it's been such a struggle to get it such to be like a prominent art form and there's no reason for it not to be and so within that and uh also dealing with conductors who do make like you know a casting couch situation that shit's just not you know in hollywood yeah no it's fucking everywhere so it's it's a lot to navigate and so i am getting back into it can can you can you bust out a note right now some kind of opera some some sure uh, yeah get on that mixer real quick I just never saw it for like no, up front. So just, we actually have a few. Uh, There's a few clips. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm putting my yeah. shit on. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Like, did not expect that to come out of you. I didn't hey. expect that. Holy either. shit, man. There you go. That's what she said. Hey. <laughs> not a euphemism either. <laughs> Uh, how, so how deep were you into it, like, before COVID and all that kind of shit? Like, were you performing a lot doing uh, Yeah, opera? well, the first thing, funny enough, the f- first thing I ever produced before Metal Grade uh, was a full-length-ass opera uh, by David Chesky, a modern new piece, and uh, it was commissioned and done at Brooklyn Music School, and that was my very much Fisher-Price, my first time producing anything, which that is a whole different gambit in itself, but I survived, and it did happen, and no one died, and the show, the show successfully ran for the weekend it was scheduled. Um, and, yeah, I was very much kind of, you know, fixated on making that my main career. And I still am. It's just been on the back burner because of the pandemic and because of interpersonal relationships that I had within certain groups where I was like, I don't know if I want to keep subjecting myself to this because of, you know, creepy factors, you know, and that regard. Yeah, but not that many people yeah. could do that shit, though. Yeah. That was amazing. No, thank you. Uh, but, and this is where, like, the hard part of uh, what I say of, you know, opera than losing this whole line of idea of what it should be. Because I grew up, like, when I was in both undergrad and grad school... I probably, if I had a, I had a nickel for every time uh, someone said you would be great in West Side Story, I would not need to, I would be in Fiji right now. I would be super rich and just off of that comment alone. And, but my point is, is like, that's from, you know, people seeing me as a Latina, I'm half Puerto Rican, Mexican, uh, Native American for those who want to know. That's a very, very commonly questioned that I, that I get asked here. Anyway, uh, but that is the point in that they only have an idea of what certain, you know, uh, repertoire I should be singing. And that, that shit's got to change. So with that sort of frustration in mind, and also in the f- same uh, fact of like, oh, like, because in competitions I would get notes of like, oh, there's such a big voice from a tiny person. Cool. But, you know, then again of like the idea of, and this is why I'm a, I'm a mezzo-soprano for... Uh, to be specific. And what that means is I specialize in pants rolls. And because of my height, why this, I, I mentioned that. So I am very good at specializing in playing horny teenage boys. <laughs> yes. awesome. Me too. That's <laughs> how we get along so well, boss. Uh, and, uh, but th- 
for that, it put me in a box of like, well, these are the only roles that I can look at. And that also comes from, as I said, too, from other teachers being like, well, you know, uh, you, I can't, no one will cast you because of X, Y, and Z, which again, bullshit, because it's make-believe. Even if it's out of like context of, you know, history, which a lot of stories are in the opera canon, but still, either way, you know, the biggest issue right now is, I shouldn't even have to be saying this, but like one specific example of how much opera still has its head in its ass is they still let stars like Anna Trepka, who is a prominent Russian soprano, and while talented, very delusional and... Is that that fat dude with the beard? No, that's Pavarotti. Okay. Um, <laughs> you anyway. got one opera singer. You got to throw it out. Listen, at least she knew one. Yeah. Uh, but she insists on doing blackface or brownface. Uh, yeah. When she does Aida, which Aida is an opera that takes place in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And so we're st- there's still, you know, the Royal Opera House in London just had their first African-American Othello. Like that, yeah. Your, really? your face of, like, <laughs> really? That in 2020? Yes, really. I, again, why am I saying that? Well, fucking everybody with, you know, it's a very classist elitist idea of you know what it should be and again like and there's a the other problem is there's so much other new music out there it's not like you know it died after the 20th century it's been treated that way but it doesn't need to be like there's just so much shit out there and there's that's why people are in composing is an actual thing that you know you can go study as well as silly as it is as music don't get me wrong um, it's very funny to be like, I'm a master of music. It means, you is, know, is it true paper. that, is it true that the uh, males get castrated to get their voice fucking higher? Or? That was in a different time, dear. But we was, don't do but, that anymore. Okay, but yes, just, that did happen. <laughs> shit. shit really did happen. Castrati, yeah. Hence the term, it, castration. Ouch. God damn. Ouch. The more you know. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah, so, the, so you've kind of, what's cool, so you've kind of split between like, you know, the opera world, I see very uppity and whatever. And then you in the burlesque world and go-go dancing and all that other stuff. You do. You're you having like two opposite ends, which they, is kind of cool. They are and they aren't. They are very still interrelated, man. Like that's kind of why like I exist in the performance uh, scepter, if you will, for that reason is because they all lend itself to each other. You know, like. Opera is essentially what birthed the whole concept of what we know as theater, musical theater, you know, and prior to that, it's a great tragedy. But the point is, you know, from that movement, and that's partially why I got into it, uh, was from the whole history of how it just lent itself to what we know it as today. And the main basis of it is it's all about human life and tragedy, which that shit never goes away. So, and that's why certain, you know, pieces... Especially as everyone knows from Looney Tunes, Barber of Seville and all that. I mean, they are as relevant as they are, as they were from when they were, you know, created. Um, And in terms of with burlesque, like there is, I do, I incorporate singing strips, if you will. So for all of the rep that I did learn, I just then take off my clothes instead of keeping (laughs) them on while singing and, you know, holding the notes and anyway. So, but it's all still part of the same you know, vain, if you will. Like I said, like burlesque is, uh, as someone had said, like theater's dirty little secret. And with that, then, you know, you have dancers, which then, you know, leads into go-go and, excuse me, all these other avenues that, you know, exist within within one as one. How is, uh, how is burlesque, like, like in New York City, it's big. How, it, in other cities, is like burlesque a thing? I don't even know. It is, yeah. it totally is. 
Jeff, you got to get out more. Stop flying to just Florida. <laughs> Stop flying to just Florida and San Antonio. Go, go out. I know. Um, but California, um, Ohio. Uh, Ohio? Yes, Ohio. Ohio, I, listen, Ohio has a burlesque. I was, Vermont? I was just in Cleveland, and I have no desire to go back. I'm sorry, <laughs> anybody hey, from well, Cleveland. But. You know, <laughs> New Mexico, Arizona, so uh, at the, Texas. There is, it does exist. There is, a, 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 I think, Alaska even. Yes, they uh, do take their clothes off in Alaska. What? I know, right? I know right? there's a lot it's of strip clubs in Alaska. Fish and ice. Well, they got to do knew? something to stay warm up. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's it just got and it exists internationally as well too. You know, uh, Ibiza has uh, a festival. Um, Oslo, yeah, Stockholm. All right. It, I forget in we're Europe. We're everywhere. You can shake your tits everywhere you can imagine. <laughs> well, not, maybe not everywhere you can imagine. Probably not in the Middle East. Yeah. Realistically speaking, mm. it's probably not happening. Then now. you will. Then you will get cast. Yeah, yeah then, they need, need burlesque over there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, within, you know, westernized accepting cultures mm. between domestic and international, it exists. Have you traveled for it at all? Uh, I have traveled for it uh, domestically. So I went to, I was in the Metalesque Festival, which is really cool. Uh, it is a specific burlesque festival solely dedicated to metal in Portland, Oregon. Really? Um, yep. That's uh, done at Dante's uh, Inferno Bar, really cool bar. Uh, and a few other spots. Uh, I was Oregon. I would figure it would be in Oregon. Yeah. There was a vegan strip club in fucking Oregon. What the fuck yeah. is that? It didn't last, but there was a vegan strip club in Oregon. <laughs> was it vegan food or were all the girls vegan? <laughs> I was say, how does that work? <laughs> it was vegan food and it was a strip club. Yeah. Uh, and all, well, I know in the strip clubs at Oregon, I think it's, they can do all nude in Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Do a lot of shit in Oregon. Do a lot of shit in Oregon. Yes. Mushrooms are legal in Oregon too. Every drug is I legal think everything, in Oregon. There you well, go. Everything is decriminalized yep. in Oregon. Yes. So yeah. Let's go to Oregon. <laughs> I tried crack years ago. It wasn't my thing. I'm good. Checked it off the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you went to Oregon to the how big was that festival? Uh that was two nights and at least like, I want to say like 50 of us, something like All that. Right. Um, and this was like the year just after, you know, things opening from the pandemic, which I got to yeah. say when I went, I mean, Portland was still reopening. So, so. did they make you wear a mask while you were naked? No. Because uh, I think that would be really fucking stupid, but funny at the same time. <laughs> hey man, we did it for yeah. the shows that still had to be masked here. It can't, you know, I... We danced with masks on. Yeah. You serious? Yeah, yeah I'm serious as a heart So we attack. go watch you spin around a fucking pole, but you must wear that mask. Well, dude, it was for... It was law. Yeah, it for was. a while we had um, the girls on the bar. Like, you weren't allowed inside, but you had the seats outside. And the girls were on the bar, and they'd walk to the end of the bar, and, um, what, you know, what, we had a tip jar at the end of the bar. they have binoculars and shit? Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> we, just, we just wore masks. I, that bit, I gotta say, that was the... As fucked up as those times were, it was really cool to see that every one of you know of our patrons just got, you know helped us get with the program as best as we could because that shit was always changing and so when we couldn't take tips on our person yeah we had tip jars 
And so for people to consciously... Wait, you weren't you know, allowed to fucking take money from no, someone? Dude, no, dude. There, there was a whole evolution of like... The fuck? It was crazy. At first it was, it was like people times, weren't even man. allowed inside. Like people just had to walk by and it, like literally walk by and watch this dance. Like it was an entire process of how... What this no, looks like. This city's like. fucked the, up. It was, man. it was fucked up. It the, was wild, yeah, but man. yeah. Some of the funny though, when you would see, like, because we'd started early too. Like, yeah. we'd, we'd start early kind of during the day. Day dancing. Yeah, we had to be closed Jesus. by midnight. The funniest was when you'd see little kids walk by and they're like, Oh, the dads? <laughs> the, the dads with the strollers who then yeah. do like the walk back. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you guys made games out of it. I, I think I don't know if it was like Happy that made it. Shout out to Happy Bun Bun, where she would fucking Happy Bun Bun. Yeah, mm-hmm. she would hold like the the pitcher like in her butt cheeks, and like you would have to throw money into it because you couldn't touch each other. Yeah, so people would like just ball up money. Yeah, she called it booty pong. Yeah, booty yeah. Pong. yeah and, well, a- and Cassandra, had, who had tits. Yeah, Cassandra. It was titty, yeah, titty yeah. pong. So, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, we had to improvise. Yeah, yeah. They, they had Venmos and like all that kind <laughs> yeah. of shit up there, man. It was crazy. It time. was crazy, it was crazy, but y'all, you know, came through yeah. and did the goddamn dance Dude, with that's, us. That's how I fucking ended up here, man. I would just show up and start mm-hmm. cleaning shit up. Yeah, because I was like, fuck it. They need somebody to do it. That they don't got to fucking pay. And I got a million jobs at the time. I would just come up like when I got off work or. On my day off, and I was like, I wipe down these tables, I close up these chairs. Yeah, you would you would help bring the help break the tables down outside and all that kind of shit. Yeah, because that you were closing at like ten o'clock at that time. Yeah, there was like a that. moment we were closing at ten, 10 and I had and like I had eight. tents outside and tables. Isn't and like, ten like when it starts popping? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's fucking weird, dude. Yeah, man. Shit. Like to think about to go to think back on it. It's it was fucking wild. crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's yeah, a, but we. Yeah. We survived through we it. did the damn thing. Should have yeah. videotaped it and made a documentary out of that shit. Ugh, Actually, one of my friends did. Uh, really? Came in and like uh, document at least like me dancing. Remember, we had the pullback here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. there is a whole snippet about it. That would have been a sick it. documentary, bro. Because yeah. he was, uh, I have to, I forget the gentleman's name, but essentially it was him documenting, uh, documenting uh, artists in pandemic times. Pandemic post. I vaguely so remember like, that. I remember when he came yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there was that. He did uh, a graffiti artist. Uh, forget uh, who else. But anyway, yeah, because it was a very different time. Yeah, it was fucking weird. It was a weird a couple very years. Very different yeah. time. Yeah. A lot of good shit came out of it, at least for me. Yeah, no, listen, listen some good shit yeah. came out. Like, listen, some good shit came out of it to me. I got some, like, whatever, spent some time with quality people and um, whatever kind of fucking but yeah it was also so stressful yes stressful but whatever just some good we shit did out. it joe <laughs> we did, we did. pandemic we dancing let, let me ask you star how was it growing up in texas oh well uh because i only drove through the top of texas and i i didn't like it the panhandle if you will <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like like where texas meets oklahoma oh, the texarkana yeah, yeah it's I a, did not a like special it. place so i would always you know, joke that Texas is big enough for it to be equal parts shitty and decent because there is, which I think kind of still rings true, maybe. Uh, not over, it's very wild to watch, you know, things get announced from and about Texas over the last year or so um, because of their, you know, regressive politics. It's it's really like, it's it's... It's something. Texas has uh, its good points and bad It does, points, though. You know? It does. That's why Ribs, I said. meat, but barbecue, just, yeah. women, and food. <laughs> well, parts of, okay, El Paso, the only, I swear by this and I'll die on this hill, El Paso, Texas, that's where you have your Mexican food. It's different in Dallas. San Antonio's its own flavor, but if you want, like, the real, the real deal, 
El Paso. It's because they just show them, they throw it right over the wall. You know? <laughs> we're so, it, it's that, that border is just yeah. non-existent. I mean, well, it's, it exists. Um, and also the wall existed before any of that talk, you know, because uh, there is a wall. It's a shitty wall, but it, it, there is one. Uh, I digress. So growing up in El Paso, Texas is its own hang. And I, my whole point is, is that every part of Texas is its own hang. Dallas is different than El Paso. El Paso is different from San Antonio. San Antonio is different from Austin. And everyone also forgets that when they, you know, of the whole phrase, everything's bigger in Texas, it is huge, man. It is the distance. Like, all when I moved here and y'all talking about how you go to Jersey and Pennsylvania, like, in a day or some shit like that, I'm like, yeah, no, we can't even go across the same state in a day. <laughs> to get to, uh, like, from El Paso to Dallas, you, it's a, it's a nine-hour drive, and it's nine hours because you're also time-changing. You're leaving. Time-changing what? You're leaving. I'm answering your question. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you're leaving mountain time. Central Time. It's the only city in Texas with mountains and mountain times and with mountains because it's the last chain of the Rocky Mountains. That's insane, bro. So then coming back, it's eight hours because you lose that uh, that extra hour from Central to Mountain. Shit. Wow, right? It's fucking huge. It's huge. It's huge. When I was in Dallas, um, because I went to North North Texas for undergrad, UNT, um, and Austin. I want to say San, for sure Austin and Houston. Those are about four-hour drives. So that's like where we went to party, you know, on the Give weekends. Give me a hell yes, Don. Hell yes. Here we go. <laughs> I tell you what. Uh-uh. I tell you what. I but the barbecue is actual real deal. And the flavor of both trying to find, like, really good brisket and really What the authentic. fuck's a brisket? What the fuck is these Jersey I, I, questions? I'm sorry, bro. I don't the fucking. Fuck I, I never had a brisket before. You ever had a sloppy Joe? <laughs> yeah, it's just for chop meat. It, oh. kind, yeah, but a Why don't you flavorful. go down the block to fucking Pigs Beach <laughs> or Dinosaur Barbecue? Any of those? Yeah, yeah there's a few Fisher Price. You know, my Wrong first time. brisket around here that you could like try. Fuck is a I just never heard of a fucking brisket. I never had a brisket, bro. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just like in a, Jersey. <laughs> is everything Carvels? Tofu? I think what Carvels is yeah. shit, man. Carvels friendlies or what's the other one? I no, just know Carvel. Yeah, okay. Everybody in fucking Jersey's the out there eating State. fucking tofu. Bro, I, I grew up around Reekins, bro. I grew up, I had rice, beans, chicken. Almost I don't know what the fuck, I don't know what a brisket is, but man. You, got, you got, got flavor in your life. That's what's up. Good. Yeah, you gotta eat. It's fine. There's some okay barbecue places there is some in, okay. uh, in, in Brooklyn. Like you say uh, brisket, I think like some big thick piece of fucking meat. That's exactly what it's it is. Exactly okay. what it is. It yeah. is, and right. it just depends. There's different variations. You know, some people, there's. Everyone has their brisket recipe. I digress. Okay. Um, but so growing up, where I grew up with the demographic is predominantly Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you go further out east into Dallas and the Texarkana area, it's a little more mixed. Um, but I will say Texas loves to, you know, they love to bust potheads, that's for sure. Like, that's one thing. They will be the last state to ever legalize marijuana. Really? Ever, ever, ever. So let's drink and get our livers fucked oh, up. Oh, yeah, no, like, like you can drink and drive till the cows come home because, I mean, and that's an actual epidemic that I don't think everyone's ready to talk about of how, like, especially in the South, drinking and driving. Um, because, yeah, they, you know, forever criminalize and demonize pot and, you know. Wow. Oh, yeah. 
Texas is weird, man. They get the highest, high, highest, highest, highest. Are you uh, high right now, Jeff? <laughs> you stoned? The liquid death. They get the highest uh, death penalty. Like they execute people they all love, the fucking yeah. time for weed. No, like oh. for, for anything. For anything. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Probably yes, depending on what county you know. But that's the point. Is yeah. they're love. They are so extreme, and you know. For the whole the crowd of don't tell me what to do, they love to tell you what to do. Yeah, they have private prisons in Texas. Fuck oh, yeah, fucking. man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Texas has joined the bandwagon with like, uh, in the Dallas DFW area with like banning books. Uh, they ban books? Yeah, there's some of, some of the schools. Oh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm just learning this shit right now, bro. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> tennis, well, yeah, that it's been this whole thing. Anyway, but they've been on this regressive politics of, you know, within the curriculum of what's happening in public schools in Texas with, you know, certain literature being banned with obviously, you know, after Roe v. Wade being overturned and the lack, the absolute lack of uh, abortion rights because those do not exist. Cause it, and Texas was one of the first to, you know, issue one of the most extreme uh, abortion laws. And people like living there? Yeah, because well, of, you know, the taxes are super cheap, I guess. But not, although that's changing because so many people have flocked there, so now it's created this whole... Mm. Well, and the, the taxes are cheap, and like, listen, when COVID hit too, Texas didn't give a fuck. They, they didn't, like, yeah. I think they closed for a week or two, and they're like, ah, everything was like back open. Yep. Um, so, so like, Texas got a huge influx of people. Everybody moved there. Yep. But then all of a sudden, like, Roe versus Wade got overturned and all this kind of crazy shit. And everybody's like, uh, fuck, where the fuck did we move to? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, whatever. It's got its good points and bad points. It does. And I mean, and it's, it's what you make of it. Because I, uh, one of my burlesque colleagues, uh, Matt Knife and his partner, they just moved to Austin. And Austin is pretty much like the New York of Texas okay. in terms of being... Uh, welcoming, if you will, and the most diverse and a safe haven for marginalized, you know, individuals from LGBTQ, uh, you know, the LGBTQIA uh, group to, you know, POC to everyone yeah, I'm else. Shocked those, so. I'm shocked that they want to live down there. I mean, there's opportunities. Um, and because when he had postpone, he was very much like, you know, keep y'all's opinions to yourself because it, it was something good for the both of them. And I mean, at the end of the day, you can't really argue with whatever's going to work for whoever. That's just, you know, fucking fact. Yeah, and I know a couple of people that actually moved to Texas in the past couple of years, and they love it down there. Yeah, and the idea, I mean, there should be more of a flock from all these other groups that, you know, you would think would not, you know, be there for that reason, because it's like that shit can't stand. Like, it's not, first of all, I mean, there's queer people everywhere, and it's not just New York. And so the more that it becomes, like, commonplace and, you know, that they have voices in places like Texas and Mississippi and everywhere else, then the more that this stops being an issue altogether, you know. I would like to go to Galveston one day. What the Galveston fuck is, is fun, is but, man, Galveston is, like, I say this, it's like the Puerto Rico of Texas. Because yeah? the second, oh, the second it gets hit, it's, like, it gets destroyed and it takes them forever to rebuild. Yeah, it's been rebuilt a couple times. Several fucking times. Yeah, but I thought not they, a couple. Yeah, well, I know the there was like a huge one in like 1912 with some crazy shit that like wiped Galveston's like on the water. Um, you know what you know what Texas looks like, right? Yeah, I know what Texas looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Do they give you maps and jerseys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's like it's on the water. It's supposed to be beautiful, like a little beach town. But by the golf, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's in the golf. Okay. Texas only is only. See, I, I, know his, there, I know so. literature, you know, all this shit, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not literature, that's yeah, geography. Yeah, yeah. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it looks beautiful, but yeah, no. But I thought they built some big fucking walls after 1912 when everything got wiped out. Now it still right. happens. They should have did it, I guess. I, you know, I'm yeah. not in charge of their infrastructure, but the <laughs> point is, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it takes a toll. When yeah. shit does, you know, roll through there. But it is fun. Someday. Someday, Someday. I'm going to take a nice roll Someday. through. Have, have fun in Texas, bro. I've been in Dallas. I've been to Dallas. Um, Dallas was cool. There's some stuff there. Yeah. Just you the know? airport. That's it. Dallas airport. That or yeah, when I was at, you know, that's where that's JFK it. got shot. Yeah. At the airport? No, not at the airport. At the airport. <laughs> 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 no, not at the airport. Yeah. I actually know a guy who... Uh, Owned the um, book suppository, the building, um, the book suppository that uh, JFK got shot out of. It was crazy, a whole crazy story to it. But like his, he ended up getting it taken away from his family because the city wanted it. Oh it was damn! Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could have been a wild. fucking photo op, man. Yeah, he was in court for a long time fighting it. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh shit! They could do that. Yeah, they eminent domain. They took it. Cock suckers with that eminent domain yeah. shit. <laughs> they ended up paying him for it, but it was like. You know, at first he actually his family bought it because they were gonna rip it down, and yeah. he's like, "Fuck, why are you gonna rip it down? It's a landmark." You know yeah, what I mean? Dude. So he bought it, and then apparently the 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 state tried to take it away from him like a few years after. Did they he tear it. it down? No, they kept it. Now it's like a museum or fuck. some shit. Yeah, something I don't know what the fuck it is now. Man, they, they tore down the fucking building Dahmer lived in, bro. But they won't tear that down. Yeah, they did tear that fucking building. Priorities, oh, you know. Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they made uh, a Netflix show out of them. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so you deal with a lot of shit too. Like, um, like, listen, all you girls <laughs> deal with so much shit. Like, I could not do it. Like the girls, the, the shit that these guys, girls got to deal with on the. Jamal threw one out last night. There was a guy in here who was uh, super fucking creepy. What are you doing? You know fucking I mean? drooling at the mouth. Yeah. Really? Like you had a brisket? Yeah. 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 Exactly. See, okay, now exactly. you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. And I see the dudes like fucking, you know, stand by the corner, and I see dudes just like creeping up, like, you know, wanting to like. Whatever. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dudes, yeah. All the fucking dudes are creepy, man. All Guys are creepy. Shit. And it's for the burlesque world too. Like all the girls in the burlesque world look awesome. Um, well, whatever. Most of the ones that I've met. Most of the <laughs> ones that I've met. Um, but the dudes in the burlesque world, fucking a it's lot of dudes. Well, yes, they're burlesque. They, they put a little little pasty around a little schnizzle. Well, <laughs> usually they don't uh, show it, uh, but they will put pasties on themselves oh, okay. uh, as you know. In solidarity, I'm, I'm guessing you've uh, never seen that. Or their ass, or uh, or they will. They mean they'll add one over their underwear. I'm not sheltered, well, man. But I, are well, you sure? Because you didn't know what brisket was. When we, when we, That's pretty sheltered. Well, when we first opened up here, there was a guy who was throwing burlesque stuff here. And you oh, both yes, know, I heard. You know who yes. the fuck he is. Yes, he's the biggest fucking yeah. creep. You know what I mean? Really? And like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a few of those dudes in that world. I'm like, listen, all in all, you got to deal with some fucking shit between the dudes on the bar and then the creeper burlesque guys and then the fucking douchey opera people. <laughs> it's a lot. I <laughs> it's mean, good. You got to have a thick skin. You do. It's just, it's, but do it with a smile. You do. You, you know what? And that's what was star. She's always got a smile. She always says, hey, how you doing? She get wasted and cut yelling sometimes, but for the most part, she's. <laughs> I mean, yelling with love. We all have to. We all have to. Yeah. I don't want to yell. Yeah. I only will if I need to, but. I don't want to yell either, but it scares the shit out of people when I do. Yeah, you should fucking, like, 
operatic yell at them when you yell at them. Oh, that would be fucking dope. Yeah. That'll just confuse Get them. Get away from me. <laughs> Get away. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like a, no. Yeah. yeah no, like. You totally should. It's like Holy a fucking horn, uh, like a, like a, a horn honking. Horn. Yeah. Dude, that'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> They'd be caught off guard. I'm like, what? Uh, uh. I mean, that's an extra $2 <laughs> yeah, for that yeah. day or whatever. Yeah. I see Do that and then hold your little garter up. Like, exactly. Okay, Thank you. Next. <laughs> oh, Those um, were the days. Now it's fine. <laughs> How did the uh, metal grade thing start? Uh, so that started, uh, funnily enough, via a patron. Uh, at, you would think uh, would be a creepy question, but I mean, is is Gary. Okay, yeah. You, you remember Gary? Yeah. So Gary, uh, who uh, was a patron predominantly pre-pandemic, uh, uh, knew Melissa through pumps and whatnot, and anyway, came to the bar, and uh, he specifically works in lighting with, like, hanging and rigging. That and, Gary, yes. Yes, that Gary. So before, I know, Celine Dion, it's all coming back to you now, right? Yeah, yeah. so there's a lot of Gary's, a lot yeah, of bearded dudes, I know. Like anyway, so Gary's. that Gary yes. uh, came in, and I, uh, you know, I will entertain as much as a conversation while I'm on the bar for anything, you know. And so Gary, in talking to me while I'm, you know, my leg is in the air and being cute and all this other shit, you know, and he... I've mentioned that I worked in production and I, cause I have done uh, lighting focuses and uh, I know that world as well. So we were then spinning off on conversations about lighting and he came back one day. Um, and I had mentioned also that I am in burlesque. I had actually just finished producing that opera. Um, so it was sort of interesting in the timing of it. Cause it, it was the opera had just finished and he came to the bar and uh, Gary, my best impression of Gary done with love is like, <laughs> hey, star, yeah, so I have these lights and I've been talking to Jeff and I'm, you know, he said it's fine. I was thinking, I was thinking you know, if, we, if I hang these lights and you, you have to, you know, for all the girls that you know that you, we can maybe, I don't know, create like a burlesque show. What do you think? Like, that, that's a perfect <laughs> impression. That's a perfect impression of Gary. So with that, I'm like, I don't know if you're serious because I don't know if you're serious, but sure as shit, he was serious because you remember he would bring his all those fucking yeah, lights. Yeah. So that was kind of the whole bargain, if you will. It started with him. I'll bring these lights to create these looks because our, you know, lighting, well, this is lovely, you know, for those who are watching. It's not staged lighting, if you will. I digress. So Gary got, had a, all these lights. Jeff agreed to let him hang it. I was then in charge of wrangling a group of, you know, babes to do these shows. And originally, um, as I mentioned in, you know, when your original question of what makes a burlesque show, Gary was the one who essentially had the budget. And it was just my job to, you know, wrangle people and then host. And then that, you know, as it grew, then, you know, we split those responsibilities and the pandemic hit. And um, essentially, you know, Gary had a lot going on um, and much love to him. But... He couldn't continue because uh, he was, you know, dealing with his own shit and work and family stuff. And while, you know, we were day dancing here, I certainly didn't want to let the show go. So then I took it very much all under my own. 
Um, and we went virtual. You can still actually look up on Vimeo because um, that's how at first everyone was doing virtual shows on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then Zuckerberg was like, no, no titties, just family during this time. And so yeah. nobody. And that's pretty much what started a lot of like these shadow bannings within the nightlife and, you know, sex work communities, because everyone, that's where we flock to, to mm-hmm. continue to spread our content. And this is before OnlyFans and all this other shit. Anyway, so I took it virtual. Um, I kept it going. And then we came back. And it's just, I've been keeping it going ever since. So nice. this has been my... Did Gary ever try to friend. come back and say, I want to be a part of it again? Not necessarily. He did come back once, um, you know, and we essentially had a conversation about how you know i mean i thanked him for his service if you will but i mean this is i thought there was gonna be like a creepy ending with this dude uh, listen <laughs> i try she i lead with creepy. love <laughs> i lead with love and i lead with kindness and i certainly don't ever like to have bad blood for anything and like i said much love to gary it's just you know he couldn't continue it and i couldn't wait and i you know wanted to continue it for both as you know a project for myself in the community, but also for the bar because it started at the bar mm-hmm. and part of, you know, what makes it specific to the bar is I always feature another one of the dancers here. So outside of myself, you know, running the whole gambit, it's also, you know, paying back homage to the bar with featuring one of our own. And it just goes, you know, it's a thing for that expands the lucky's name outside of people just knowing it as a bikini bar. Okay. If that makes we appreciate sense. it. Well, I appreciate, you know, making the magic happen. Thank you for letting me say titties on the microphone. <laughs> so is there a, uh, another uh, metal grade coming up uh, this weekend? There is, because it is the last Sunday coming up. So All Hallows' Eve. It's always a 9.30 show. It ends, you know, relatively by midnight, because then everyone's got to fucking work, because mm-hmm. Monday. It's always $10 in this economy, so you can either get a subway foot long, or you can see some titties. There will be a tarot reader. You know, listen, no offense. You can't stick it in your mouth, but you can see the titties. Exactly. (laughs) Unlike that subway foot long. But listen, you could at least, you know, you get a Rolodex of, you know, extra things for your spank bank. How about that? (laughs) That's the gift that keeps on giving. The whole goddamn year round. All I hear in my head is titties. Titties, titties. That's pretty much it. (laughs) When I get on the phone to Mike, test my titties one, two, three, titties one, two, three, titties three, two, one. Titty 3-2-1. <laughs> yeah, and it's better than the Subway sandwich. You've got some fucking exactly. funny people that work at Jeff. I love it, bro. I love it here, man. Yeah. It is the... We're a crew of characters. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah. It's definitely not boring. There's there's not one... And no, not one of us dancers are alike either. We each have our own personality. That's the beauty of it. Oh, yeah. All of you guys All are completely of it, different. We're yeah. total fucking, you know, crazy pirates. Yeah. In our own right. There's not, you know... You kind of have to be to... Aboard the ship. Fuck yeah, you do. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean to put up whatever, man. Yes, it's crazy here. <laughs> were, were you were you a part of like um? Because I remember in uh, when you uh, the old lucky you had burlesque shows, right? We did have burlesque shows. That was, I mean, you're going back now. We've been Way here back, for almost but... nine years. So I was not. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, we started to. I mean, it was a small spot, but yeah, we used to do burlesque shows over there. 
And um, a lot of those girls like do big burlesque stuff now. Who yeah. who, who kind of started that mm-hmm. um, back in the day? And those I are remember, real OGs. Yeah, I remember seeing. I just, once in a while I will still see. I don't remember anybody's fucking name, but once in a while. I'll <laughs> see. So you don't fraternize with the people that you said. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, I mean, back then I used to a little bit more. I used to kind of one set I, of tits is just the mall. Yeah, yeah. It's all looks the same. And back then I used to. I was at the bar like seven nights a week, and I, I just physically can't fucking do that anymore. I'm here during the day more yeah. than I am at night. Um, but uh, but yeah, girls like Lucy Buttons and like all these like big you know burlesque girl names that like I still see them. I'm like, oh shit, she used to do something at Lucky Thirteen years ago. So. Yeah, it was different. It was a different space. Oh, okay. I thought she was a part of it. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It was a different time. Yeah. Different chapter. It was a while ago, too, man. It's fucking almost crazy time flies, but yeah. Yeah. It was a while ago. Because we're going on 20 years? Yeah. Uh, next year, 2023 20 20 is going to be 20 fucking years. God yes. damn. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I've survived. Your baby's We've not survived. old enough to drink. <laughs> One more year, your baby be old enough to drink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They can yeah. vote. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, next year, dude, we're going to do a whole bunch of like 20-year uh, events and all that kind of shit. Hopefully, we'll announce that kind of shit soon. But yeah, working on crazy Well, you just shit. announced it right now. Hey. Yes, but I got some big... I got some. That big, was the soft announcement. Yes. I got some big bands we're looking at book. We're going to... Whatever. We're going to do a whole bunch of shit next year. So it'll be fun. Um, yeah, I might need to go to rehab at the end of 2020. Hey. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> they got nice ones in Florida. You go so often. Yeah, you know. I know, I know, I know. Be by I the know. beach, I lose know. your mind. I got to yeah. spend a couple months down there. There's a fucking restaurant in Miami called Lucky 13. Fucking that, kill them, bro. There was a bar in San Francisco <laughs> called Lucky 13. That's closed now. Good, um, good. I mean, there's a bar in Manhattan called Lucky. Yeah, Lucky um, Bar. Yeah, there's a bar. Pretty. There's actually a bar in like the middle, of, in the Midwest somewhere called Lucky 13 Saloon. They only really? opened up what? over the past couple of years. Yeah, suckers. Uh, well, it was funny because I was, it was like during the day and all of a sudden I got a phone call. They're like, yo, how do I get there? I'm like, well, where are you? And they're like, we're on... <laughs> We're on like root whatever, whatever. And I'm like, uh, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. And um, so, yeah, so I Googled it. And they, yeah, they opened up like a couple of years ago, but they're in the Midwest somewhere. I have no fucking idea. Like, it's like a regular old, like a fucking it's It's like a biker bar. bar. Yeah, it's like a biker bar with like a pool table and all that kind of shit. So right I'm sure. Okay, but what, Fisher Price Midwest style. Yeah, it is. It's definitely like nothing like this place. Um but I'm sure you can hear Leonard Skinner on the jukebox. And oh, all that kind okay. of shit, but. Free bird. Yeah. Free bird. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll bring a, get a, go out there and bring him a t-shirt. I can sue them, bro. Dude, we can't trademark it. Just bring no. one of us and we'll just no. start dancing on the bar, too. No. How can you not trademark the name? So we tried to, when we first opened up, we tried to trademark it. But there's too many Lucky 13s out of course, there. You're Lucky 13 Saloon. Yeah. yeah, it that doesn't matter. Doesn't there's matter. Lucky 13 Fuck brand. There's, lo- there's whatever. There's so many Lucky 13 things out there. So yeah, I've, I got added by a Lucky 13 tattoos on fucking uh, yeah, Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is that? I have no fucking idea. I'm just like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, you're supposed to Google them and be like, where the fuck are you? Like, Who the fuck are you? Yeah, so them. These tattoos are whack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right, we'll start wrapping it up. Start. Uh, so we'll see you this Sunday? Uh, you'll see me, actually. I'll be back on the bar Saturday with Val behind the bar. Uh, so it'll be me, Ksenia, and Leah on the bar. And then Sunday's my show. Nice. So Metal Grade Babes for Less. Let the ghoul times roll. 
Monday is our <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. Right. See, who doesn't love <laughs> Let the cool a shitty dumb pun? Yes. We, listen, we have events. <laughs> we have events all weekend. We have uh, starting Thursday. We have a Halloween thing going on Thursday. We have one on Friday. We have one on Saturday, Stars Burlesque Show on Sunday, and no. um, fucking Halloween party on Monday. And then a Halloween party on Monday. So. Monday's the banger. Yeah, yeah. I got a wedding to go to on Saturday. What? Where? Yeah. Yeah. Where for yeah. you? You have to get dressed and get drunk I with. Know. Up in New Hampshire, though. You know, oh. hot ass Diane. I'm so sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Jesus. You got a rough It'll life, Jeff. You got a real Jesus. rough life. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Star, well, thank you very much. And so, what do you, what's the one you got here coming up? Just plug all your things. Plug all my things. Plug all right. Coming up right now. Uh, so, if you're in Brooklyn, I am hosting uh, a goth party at Eris Evolution on Friday, Saturday. I'm here on the bar dancing the night away. There's be- uh, there's bands. There's a whole evening of bands, so check that shit out. Yes, and our song guy Mark Charles yeah. is playing. Uh, Sunday is my show, Metal Grade Bass Burlesque. Let the ghoul times roll. It is always the last Sunday of every month here at Lucky 13 Saloon, and it always features myself running a crazy-ass titty show and featuring another co-babe here at Lucky 13 Saloon. And my other show, it won't be uh, this November as I'll be out of town. I'll be doing fun shit with my mom in Orlando. Uh, but the first Thursday of the month is my other show, Queen's Court, at Freddy's Bar. Nice. And yeah, so... Instagram, Facebook, um, you want to plug all that shit? Uh, Facebook, uh, don't don't bother with Facebook. <laughs> Fuck Facebook. But Instagram, Fuck Facebook right. uh, it's at Queen Sinera. So Queen and then the rest of it spelled S-I-N-E-R-A underscore VDLP. You can find me there. All my shit is there. And yeah, and if you come see me while I'm at the bar and say hi and all this other shit, I, I am nice. Don't be fucking weird. Don't be weird. <laughs> yeah, don't um, be weird. Yeah, don't be weird. Don't blow crazy noises. Yeah. yeah, no, do not do that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks Thank for, you for coming on. Yeah. Cowboys from Hell, Instagram. Uh, well, you said it already. Yeah. Right. Cowboys, Cowboys from, from Hell, hell underscore 13. There you go. Yeah. You gotta Deep. say it's Jamal way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Make sure you guys out there like everything Lucky 13 Saloon, Lucky 13 uh, SP, uh, everything. You know the motherfucking drill. Yes. And we will see you guys in uh, a week. Two weeks. Two, oh, weeks. two weeks. Two yeah, weeks. That's right. Yeah. Not around next week, following week. Yeah, got to take Mama Dukes to the, to the dog hospital. Hey. Got to do it. Hey, got to do it. Got to right. do it. Later. All right, guys, man. Peace. Thanks. Out. Bye.